0: This episode is sponsored by New Calm, and as many of you know, I only bring sponsors onto this show whose products I truly swear by. Now, we are an overworked and underslept population, especially those of us that wear uniform for a living, and trying to reclaim some of the lost rest and recovery is imperative. Now, the application of this product is as simple as putting on headphones and a sleep mask. As you listen to music on each of the programs, there is neuroacoustic software beneath that is tapping into the actual frequencies of your brain, whether to upregulate your nervous system or downregulate. Now, for most of us that come off shift, we are A, exhausted, and B, do not want to bring what we've had to see and do back home to our loved ones. So one powerful application is using the program PowerNap. A 20 minute session that will not only feel like you've had two hours of sleep, but also downregulate from a hypervigilant state back into the role of mother or father, husband or wife. Now there are so many other applications and benefits from this software. So I urge you to go and listen to episode 806 with CEO Jim Poole. Then download NuCalm, N-U-C-A-L-M, from your app store and sign up for the seven-day free trial. Not only will you have an understanding of the origin story and the four decades this science has spanned, but also see for yourself the incredible health impact of this life-changing software. And you can find even more information on newcalm.com. Welcome, guys, to episode 58 of Behind the Shield Podcast. My name is James Gearing, and I have yet another amazing guest for you this week. Uh, the firefighting profession, I think, would collectively agree that there have been very few movies made about what we do that uh, earn our respect. Backdraft certainly was was one of the first. Uh, most recently, Only the Brave absolutely has held up to that same standard. Um, but the other one would be Ladder 49. So my next guest is John Travolta. Now, John lives in the town I live in, is a very proud member of our community. I was able to get a message to him, and he immediately replied saying that he would love to come on the show. And he ended up coming to my house to do a face-to-face interview, which I'm going to tell you right now blew my wife's mind. Um, So we talked about an array of subjects. We started off with his early career career. Then we got to Ladder 49, what it was like to shoot, what it was like to train for it, his perspective of the fire service. And then we transitioned to some of the health initiatives that he's actually helped spearhead, um, helping firefighters around the country, including Ocala, where I live. So this was an incredible interview. Um, Again, I was blown away that he was able to come to the house and do a face-to-face, a a medium that I love to do because the sound quality is so good when they do that. Um, so I'm going to stop yapping. If you guys have a chance, again, go on iTunes, please rate the show and share the hell out of the episodes. Remember, the more first responders we get to, the more people that we're going to help. So without further ado, I introduce to you my interview with John Travolta. Enjoy. Okay, welcome to Behind the Shield podcast. Um, I am sitting in my home on the couch and across from me is John Travolta. So welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for coming. I can't believe that uh, I was able to reach out to you and you just dropped everything and, and said yes so you could reach out to the first responders of the world. So I really, really appreciate that.
1: Well, you're welcome because when I heard what your purpose was, I wanted to because I believe in supporting the first responders. And I have a soft spot for firefighters, so uh, there you go. Well,
0: we will definitely delve into that in, yeah. <laughs> in this uh, conversation. So, um, if you don't mind, I would love to start at the beginning. So, right. uh, where exactly were you born, and
1: what was your family unit like? How many siblings you had, and what your mom and dad did? Born in Englewood, New Jersey. Had uh, five brothers and sisters, six kids total. Uh, mom was a school teacher, a drama teacher, a uh, speech teacher. And dad was a coach, and was in business with his brother uh, in the Firestone uh, tire business, and uh, we had a very suburban uh, lifestyle, and I loved it. I, I wouldn't have cha- uh, traded it for for anything.
0: Okay, and he said he was a coach. What did he coach? Uh,
1: football, basketball, and but he's in the Hall of Fame in New Jersey for baseball, oddly enough. Uh, but he he did, and he also was a co coach with uh, vince lombardi the famous uh, um football coach uh before he was the famed vince lombardi my my dad partnered him in coaching uh students in in, in uh, saint Celia high school in new jersey okay did you play any of those sports yourself i played football and i played basketball five years of basketball and two years of football quarterback
0: Oh, okay. Fantastic. Now, were your aspirations to go into sports or were they already the into drama?
1: Well, um, we had a, a choice because dad was encouraging sports but not enforcing it. And mom was encouraging the arts but, again, not enforcing it. So we got to choose what we really wanted. So I, I experimented with sports and felt that uh, it wasn't for me as an end game. But that I felt that I was making quite a good effect as a performer, and maybe that was a much more realistic end game.
0: Okay. So when you left school, did you uh, pursue the arts in college, or did you go straight into? No, China? I left
1: uh, school and uh, started making a living as a performer right away at, at 16 years old. I was uh, making a good living at it, and uh, it evolved and escalated into a, a wonderful career. Yeah.
0: Right. Now, um, what would you? Uh, describe as your first true big break?
1: Uh, Well, every uh, break is correlated or connected to a bigger break. For instance, that year I spoke of when I was uh, 16, and uh, I was in a a summer theater uh, professional company of Bye Bye Birdie, a musical, and uh, a big-time agent was in the audience looking at somebody else. But I was the only person um, he thought would be ideal for his uh his um roster so uh i waited a month and he said the first mistake you made was to wait a month because you could be already doing other bigger and better things and i said okay well what's our plan and before you 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 uh knew it i was off doing radio commercials and tv commercials and bits on soap operas and um auditions for big time movies and Within months, I was uh, already on a map, if you will. So that, to me, was a big break. Now, if you're talking about fame break, uh, I would say that was Welcome Back, Cotter, when I was 21, a few years later. Uh, that would be uh, when I became famous uh, around the world uh, on television. And then a, a couple of years later, became famous on, in movies with Saturday Fever, Grease, Urban Cowboy.
0: Okay. Now, uh, if my sources are correct, and my source would be Wikipedia, so it may not be correct, were you uh, an extra in Emergency, the show?
1: Yeah, that would be that first. um, When I first got with my manager, I was uh, was two years into it. I was uh, 18 or 17, and I got cast in Emergency, uh, where I played a a, a victim that uh, was hurt on the side of a hill. You can look it up. It's a pretty (laughs) pretty (laughs) cheesy scene (laughs) where I have kind of not-so-good dialogue, but I was being honorable to the script. And then I was a medical center, and I was on um, The Rookies and Owen Marshall Counselor, all the shows that were popular in the day prior to my doing my own TV series. Okay.
0: Now, I, I saw that you did the musical Greece. Was that before the movie? And that was that how you got into the movie?
1: Yes, I, I did uh, the stage show of Greece first. I did um, I did uh, the National Road Company, and then I did Broadway, and uh, that was really the uh, blueprint for my clocking that uh, one day maybe I could do the movie. And then, uh, indeed, a few years later, the movie came along, and and I indeed did it okay
0: fantastic and then the other one of that period that people talk about which you just did was saturday night fever oh yes now yes. had you a an extensive disco dancing um uh, pass before that or was that something you learned for the role
1: well everyone in my neck of the woods uh you know frankly uh knew how to act sing and dance as a trifecta for getting more work you you if you knew these three if you had these three abilities you when you audition for any given show you you had three times the chances of getting employment so um i i had a natural ability to do all three and uh it just added to my uh well let's say that characters uh traits being a a disco dancer you use the same talents at, at doing other types of dance and you just design it to for that genre so that's what i did yeah. Okay.
0: Did you have any idea how many drunk people will be emulating those moves for decades after that? Yeah, isn't that amazing?
1: <laughs> yeah, they're doing a beautiful documentary. They just finished it in England, uh, of, of, of Saturday Night Fever. And um, it's a it's really accurate and terrific uh, homage to the, the film for its 40th anniversary.
0: Okay, John, so we're going to get straight to Ladder 49. So can you tell me how that project even came across your radar?
1: It was a December 20th or 23rd, uh, I forget what year it was. What's the year of Ladder 49, 2003? Uh, 2004. It was, it was the so, release date. Yeah, so it was December of uh, 2003, and I was at my home in Maine, and I got a call from my agent in Los Angeles saying that there's a very interesting script about firefighters, uh that uh they want you to play the captain and uh would you or, or chief would you uh w- would you read it and consider it it's a real offer they're going in february or march of 2004 and and i said sure i i wanted i've always wanted to do a, a movie about firefighters uh, even back to um ronnie howard's um uh what's the fact draft uh, yeah, yeah. yes so um they said, well, the, the exciting thing is they're trying to make this much more realistic. And uh, the new technology was allowing us to to do that. So I said, okay, let's read it. I read it. I loved the part of the chief and um, thought it was fun and, and interesting and heroic. And uh, anyway, uh, I said yes. And we were off and running, but the prerequisite was that I had to do a month of training um f- to be an actual firefighter they they said we want all the, the men that are going to be in the movie to be trained as actual firefighters so you have to go through literally the same training and I said you know what that's awesome I'd love it I don't know if I'll make it but <laughs> I'll try it so we did and I was uh and I was uh uh good up until the... You could help me with this, but there's a uh, a black box that you have to find your way through. Uh, the maze. The maze, yes. yes. And uh, I, uh, I, I couldn't do it with all the equipment on because I couldn't find the wedges to get me up. And then they put smoke in there, too, and all that stuff. You couldn't literally see anything. So I was willing to do it, but without um, – I, I was willing to just do it, but not with the full equipment, which is the – all, you know adds all that size and weight to your overall structure so that was the only thing that i i kind of drew the line at i did everything else i did um all the actual uh, putting out fires uh simulated climbing the sides of the building um every everything but that last bit is what i did because i just uh couldn't find the niche for it you know i don't think
0: uh, you're alone there there's many firefighters that really can't stand wearing their pack and a lot a lot of people do you still have to stay in but you take your pack off to to traverse some of those so i would say that's still admirable if you got through everything except yeah
1: i did and i got through it without the pack so yeah but i learned a lot and um the, the main thing that that i observed and you'll understand this is that i was watching um many of these uh Firefighters closer to retirement, there was, a, in particular, a chief, a captain, and a um, sergeant that were not doing well with physical ailments from all the poisons and toxic they were exposed to. So I got smart, and I, I decided to, to offer them a program that I had helped start uh, uh, with with others around the um, September 11th um uh, uh, time where we uh, were detoxing the the firefighters the policemen the first responders that were uh, at that site in manhattan and the detox program is a a sauna sweat program where you you sweat for up to from 25 to 35 days five hours a day Uh, includes a lot of vitamins and minerals and oils pushing the toxins out of the body and uh i uh established this along with tom cruise and uh my church and uh we 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 were very successful we've done i think it's upwards of three thousand people in new york now and uh all over the country uh i started uh, other divisions of what they call the heroes health fund and it's for even um, soldiers from the middle east that are exposed to uh extremities of, of toxic uh Uh, toxic uh, um, elements Uh, and it's it's a super effective and uh, anyway to get back to the story i noticed this these three guys that were not doing particularly well in baltimore and uh, i said look um, i'll finance i'll open your own little division for detoxing you guys to prove to you how well it works and if you like it you can share it with other uh, first responders so i set up shop there i invested in the money in setting up the saunas i hired a doctor i did this whole profile for them and uh one december after the movie had been released and um i said well guys it's all set up you're you are now officially um ready to be detoxed and they spent 25 days they got around they got out around christmas eve or something and uh all their ailments went away all the ones that they were suffering from and this was anything from addiction to pills that were they were on because of these toxic effects to not being able to sleep to uh organs shutting down um and some even extreme even more extreme situations but they all got fixed and uh they were very excited couldn't believe it It was as if by magic and uh we started a Baltimore Heroes Health Fund right there where I filmed the movie, and then we opened up another one in in Nevada, and then another one and Utah. Utah, anyway, we have about five of them around the country, including New York, of course. And we're trying to build and and make more of them, uh, and they're they're so successful. So that was my personal. Gift back to the firefighters and continues to be so. Even here in Ocala, I have a, a place where the the local firefighters can can uh, use the Heroes Health Fund to to help them uh, detox if they're interested.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've, I've I've heard that from local firefighters. I've got friends in Ocala Fire and Marion County Fire, um, and they've told me that story about you know going through a detox and doing the niacin and the Swedish. Uh, steam baths and, and it's now catching on where i've heard of other departments detached from from your specific um uh you know drive that you've done that are also putting saunas in the stations and steam baths for the same exact they really, reason they
1: really need to the uh, there were several local ocala uh, firefighters that we we succeeded with um to have the same result as the baltimore guys i was just giving you the origin of it which was uh, baltimore new york but uh we we were successful in starting it here in ocala as well right
0: yeah um and then we'll speak in baltimore did you uh actually spend time in the stations and running calls with the guys there too yes
1: okay we we did that um we had to as part of our training to be authentic so uh, there was many calls that we went on um and uh, a couple became um volunteer firefighters after the movie Oh really? Yeah. So I think two of the actors actually signed on to be volunteer uh, firefighters because they were already trained and they got their cert. So they just decided to be on call if it if they were needed. Okay. Yeah. Brilliant.
0: And now I want to get the gentleman's name right. Um, where are we here? Uh, oh goodness, great. I'm going to, to cut this bit out too. Um, the gentleman. Okay, Lieutenant Mark Lant yeah yeah so so mark uh was he kind of mentoring you through this whole thing
1: yeah he was our our lead trainer very patient and uh you know there were some funny times too because when we we had to do the call within a 60 second period to get in equipment on the truck and out and of course i was doing everything correctly i thought but i was by far the slowest of all of them so there was one take where they said action and they tried to do it in an actual time where we get our equipment on from the, the the time it's called to the time the fire engine leaves the house, and um, I'm suddenly I finish everything, and everybody breaks out into laughter because they've been already ready for about forty seconds, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the only one. I I think they clocked me at two minutes, getting everything where they were you know under a minute, uh, and I said, hey, I'm an old man, you know, leave me alone. <laughs>
0: Well, speaking of that, so you had um, a huge amount of real firefighters in the production as well. Is that right?
1: Yes, and they needed to be. They, you know, with any time you're trying to accurately portray uh, a subject matter, you really have to have um, you have to have the real deal with you. You know, I finished a, a race car movie, and if we didn't have the actual professional car uh, race drivers, we wouldn't be authentic. We wouldn't pull it off. You really do need the real deal. Yeah. You know? no, I
0: had um, Captain Dale die. Have you met him?
1: Oh yeah, yes, yes.
0: Yeah, he, I worked with him as when I I had stunts before I became a fireman. So oh, I, really? I worked with him in uh, Japan doing the Terminator show for Universal Studios. Oh no, kidding! And he put us through the the boot camp. It's a very mini, gentle version of what he put the guys through for Platoon and Saving Private Ryan and Band of Brothers. Oh, very um, good. But again, for the same reason that that you guys did the fire is I've interviewed so many military people on this show because I, I hold them with high regards which the special ops guys um and so many of them say that, that especially band of brothers is something they respect and it would not have been that way had they not had you know real soldiers in the movie and, and oh, the actors being taught by a soldier
1: also it gives the actors that are not professional uh firefighters or whatever the profession they're portraying confidence to have someone near them that is exactly the real deal and you know, actors have a certain pride that they want to be uh, execute things well. And if you have an expert next to you that can clock what you're doing, then um, you don't feel like you you have an insurance policy next to you, and it feels very good to to do that. You yeah, know? yeah, are you doing the right thing. Yeah, next take, do it this way. Try to do it. okay, cool. Now you you know that there's at least uh, one to three takes that are absolutely authentic. And they can scratch the one that's less authentic.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. I did um the, the World Trade Center with uh Nicolas Cage, and I'm gonna say with he was physically there on the set, nothing to do with me. I was we were just glorified extras. But um I guess they took that to such a point when the final you know, the the movie came out, we were literally silhouettes through a window. But even then they still wanted those silhouettes to look like they knew what they were doing. Of
1: course, so, of course. So it makes yeah, makes
0: absolute sense. Yes all right so um when once you've gone through that training, had your perspective of what these men and women go through changed
1: completely because um the danger was very real to me now uh what they're doing and risking is uh completely um authentic in regards to. Whether they like it or not, they are heroic and and I think it's empirical that they are because, as the saying goes, everyone else is leaving the fire and they're going in i mean that's that's uh putting your life immediately online and I think uh it's completely Im- impressive uh, so yeah my my viewpoint I mean you got an inkling that it was like that, but when you experience it yourself. And you feel the heat and you see the the complexity of how fires you know let's say even in a kitchen fire where um, apparently the most dangerous fumes are from plastics that you know ignite and then the firefighter or the people trapped breathe that in and it solidifies in their lungs you know knowing that it's a kitchen fire or a restaurant, kitchen, or something, you're, you know you're going into something that even if you don't get killed might be damaging you for life, you know. It's a very tricky uh, thing that these guys are estimating, uh, but they do it, you know. Yeah. And how brave is that,
0: you know. Yeah, well speaking of the heat, um another thing that I I got from a couple of the the interviews I saw about the movie, they they had the LPG props blaring when you guys were shooting, is that right? So you were mm-hmm. feeling a lot of heat. Oh, always. Yeah.
1: And it was the first and I'm I'm not trying to brag or or say that we're uh better than other movies, but I do think as far as authenticity, we did capture it better than any uh film to date because we simply had the technology to and the earlier films did not. So we are part of the, it's the evolution of of the technology of film that allowed us to be authentic, or let's say more authentic than prior films or earlier films.
0: Yeah, yeah. because another one that's prior to you, again, back to backdraft, that's pretty much before that, the 49 was shot, I would say held as the, the best one. But there were obviously some big holes in the game i.e. being in the middle of those fires and not wearing a mask and yeah. having perfect dialogue and like oh, wait a second <laughs>
1: yeah which <laughs> but, is what they do a lot in aviation films it drives me crazy they they do all sorts of things that are, in, that are inaccurate uh, but in this one we were 100 percent accurate but that's because the firefighters were not going to allow us to be anything else but we asked them to not allow us to be anything else but authentic
0: yeah now, mm. there's, there's. I would say there's one more movie, and uh, we're talking, you know, a long, long time after Ladder Forty Nine. Now, but have you seen Only the Brave yet? I have not. Okay, I highly recommend that. That to me now has joined the other two as, as an incredible movie. Josh Brolin played oh, one of the lead roles, it? and um, it was uh, released. Let me see, about two months ago now. Oh. Um, and mm. it's based on the Prescott Nineteen, so the nineteen wildland firemen that were burnt over in 2013 in Arizona. Oh, really? I didn't um, I, know about it. Yeah, so I, I oh. highly recommend that. But that's a, take a look movie, at so it. it's very different. But again, they went through a firefighter boot camp. What's your
1: feeling right now about what's happening in Los Angeles?
0: In the the wildfires?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is uh, terra incognita. I don't think anything's ever happened like this before in that kind of high-end areas of uh, Bel Air and uh, Ventura. and I mean, what, what's your take on it?
0: Um, I mean, I, I don't. I know from from a firefighter's point of view, when you start building houses amongst you know wildland interface, it's 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 a gamble. Then you're already rolling the dice. But um, just the the sheer magnitude of some of these fires, it's almost like a, a fire perfect storm that we're seeing. Some of the footage has just been you know heart wrenching. But I, I used to. What work do you play.
1: think was the cause, or what would you what would you say are the probable causes of the cause?
0: Um, I am detached from that side now so i would be you know i any words from my mouth wouldn't even be worth it but i would i would definitely ask my old apartment anaheim which is in orange county mm-hmm. those guys have been out fighting I mean, all those it, fires it, is it
1: uh, just dryness uh, is it is it arson uh, combination uh, you know i mean are these all things that are usually considered
0: um yeah i think the uh, the arson the point of origin it, is almost irrelevant because whether it's a cigarette whether it's a piece of glass from the sun whether it's a debris mm. set mm. if it hadn't been these crazy dry conditions and these Santa Ana winds blowing through mm. it would be a spot fire and it would be out so yeah. I think that the, what's causing the magnitude is certainly the, the weather yeah and this uh, you know this this dryness but then yeah. sadly the more of us inhabit this planet the more we put our houses in mm. you know more dangerous places whether it's on on a cliff on the edge of the ocean or you know How's the the,
1: how are you feeling about the neighborhood you are living in do you feel that they're pretty well prepared for any kind of uh fire
0: for yeah i think it's, so as far as uh topography and what we would look at as a risk mm-hmm. um yeah we're, we're pretty good we're surrounded by by roads would be fire breaks um you know there's not a lot of heavy fuel as far as uh you know some of the the green plants that do burn fast, um, and but I'd say our biggest mm. threat here is hurricanes. But again, unless we had a direct hit from a, a tornado, yeah,
1: that's Ocala has uh, almost magically missed it. <laughs> yes. for years and yeah. years I don't know what it is, but it's kind of um, surrealistic that it never quite uh, affects this area. And the Clearwater area is the same. Clearwater and Ocala seem to be these little little divisions that never really quite get hit that hard
0: no the well, same as disney that's who we protect now and mm. they say there's a bubble over there i mean we've we, we've had some you know <laughs> well, epic near misses
1: done there <laughs>
0: <laughs> so well, speaking of ocala so that's another thing i wanted to, to touch on you know while we were talking yes you're this this big uh, you know star on, on the the screen but you're also extremely loved in the city that i live in you know that we share ocala um, and almost every restaurant we go into, there's, you know, pictures of you um, in a good way, you know, just mm-hmm. eating there, being a normal resident. So yes. what was it that drew you here and what was your impression when you first came?
1: Uh, basically, um, the fly-in community concept is what drew me here because it, uh, where I live is quite a large runway and was capable of, of safely bringing in and out any size of aircraft. So uh, and my wife really wanted to be in the country um uh, so I think that those are the two main things um and it's close to my church in Clearwater and uh I think those uh two were were primary the reasons okay yeah
0: yeah because as we were talking before we went on, on Mike um that sense of community I think is very strong for a sleepy little town in the middle of Central Florida oh, I think I think we're so very proud so. of our little yeah, town. I think
1: that uh, if it's I'm not mistaken we got voted as the number one family uh, community in the country uh, to bring up a family like this would be the right atmosphere and uh, i think there's i remember there was a survey done recently about ocala and it rated so high relative to everywhere else in the country for all the right reasons like for instance this is what i was told anyway that the priorities of the citizens seem to be more group oriented versus individualistic you know they're not it's not we need a self-centered thing to open or do. It's like I'd like a good place for the kids to go. I'd like a good place for the family to blah blah. I would, you know, I would like more community activity. There, all the desires of the individuals seem much more group for the group more than than self-centered ideas, and uh, that's unusual. You know, uh, uh, that's it's a kind of ex- exciting thing, old-fashioned concept that is now reliving itself here in ocala
0: yeah yeah and we talked about before about the whole tribal thing i think we have that you know we are we're, yeah. we're proud of our I do, too. Uh, I do i do i agree here.
1: i agree with you i, I think there is a, a tribal feeling <laughs> that makes everyone feel good about being here and it's f- evolving into all the the niceties that any cosmopolitan uh, city could have um, and it'll get more so but I mean're we're, we're, we're not wanting for any for much here do you know as far as entertainment and food and stores and you know it's it's uh continually evolving
0: yeah yeah it is I mean every time they, they close a, a business down it seems like a just a more genuine family-owned business pops up in its place which is great to see
1: yeah it really is
0: all right well um i'm gonna just you said about the motion. so the the one thing i want to touch on before uh you know we, we kind of close out um one of the most powerful moments i think that most people would say about ladder 49 was when you gave the eulogy mm. when um joaquin phoenix's character had passed away i saw ladder 49 right when i came out of my very first fire department's orientation which was three months of hell by the way hi Aaliyah, if you can still remember that mm. um But uh, it was October, and at the end of the movie, you know, it was very tragic, and you saw the funeral, and and, you know, it was a real uh, punch in the gut as far as the job. But it was still two dimensional on screen. I watched Ladder Forty Nine with my son Ty, who just met um, for the first time. He's ever seen it. He's just turned ten. I figured it was a good time to watch, especially before he met you. But when I watched that scene it was completely different i've been a fireman 13 and a half years and in the last four or five i've lost count of how many firefighters are buried from you know not any any dramatic um death in fire or anything like that but from cancer from heart disease from from drug overdose from all these different Mm -hmm. things and the detail in in that scene not only you know the actual funeral itself and then your eulogy but the the way they saluted the the bagpipes all these different you know Mm. elements that they had i mean i was in tears watching it because it wasn't two-dimensional anymore as a fireman halfway through his career it was real now and then when you did your eulogy obviously i mean i was crying like a baby as well
1: yeah i i really totally understand and uh you know i that's why i love that film so much i think it has a a depth and an authenticity that is rare and, uh, as far as your friends are concerned that you've lost, this is a time where you can promote the Heroes health fund to them because maybe many of them, their lives would be saved if they experienced this, uh, hero's health fund and the detox program, uh, they would, um, not, they would, you know, have a different fate and you can, you can help them have that by promoting it on your show and, and, uh, enlightening them about how it works and, uh. Be a great thing.
0: Absolutely. Well, I will yeah. put that on the uh the website for today's episode, which will be jamesgearion.com for you guys listening. I'll put a link there. Great. I also want to put a link as well for the Jet Travolta Foundation. Can you just give I us a quick, brief overview of that as well?
1: Yeah. Uh yeah. When my son passed, we started a foundation uh that was very widely scoped, uh, because um so many things uh my son was connected to in uh education and uh other p- and illness and children and uh, different aspects and it was so complex uh, his situation that I felt like limiting the foundation to just one or two ideas it was not enough so I, I widened the scope uh, for for all areas not not just uh, any particular illness but education and um, support of um, special needs children because that's really an area that um, until you experience a special needs child, you don't realize the magnitude and the depth of of concern it can give a parent, and more importantly, the child itself. They're not having an easy time of it, you know. Uh, so it's a it's a good thing to, to do a wide spectrum, and when you're doing a charity like that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I will put the link on there as well.
1: Uh, very good. Thank you.
0: Okay. So just, just a couple of wrap up short right. rapid fire questions i always ask everyone um is there a book that you recommend to people on anything in the world
1: oh gosh uh well um entertainment wise uh let's give your other credit i have to think about that because there's so many good books out there that it's difficult to hone it down to just one it would depend on your interests and your interest levels i would i would imagine but uh you know of course i'm going to I'm going to promote my, my own, uh, you know, religion and probably, I don't know, Fundamentals of Thought or uh, let's say um, Dianetics or, or, or Science of Survival. One of these books are always interesting to read for people help them through life and give them some tools. Uh, those would be the books I would immediately recommend. And then uh, there are others. Um you know i grew up with all the classics and always enjoyed them for young people you know uh, to kill a mockingbird and and uh and uh airport and you know because i was an aviator and uh, these are all books that were fun to read uh i don't know if in a new unit of time if there'd be much fun for for people but that's what i grew up with you know okay fantastic
0: now what about um, a movie and or documentary
1: I love documentaries and um, I think the the there's so many documentaries that that I've enjoyed uh, over the years um, you know I, I like the world War two documentaries that investigate uh, the antics and politics of that uh, I think there's always something to learn from them um, any aviation documentary any rock star documentary I find interesting and um, you know there's many recently that are good uh and then what was the other movie
0: uh yeah movie movie, movie. and or documentaries it can be yeah I,
1: movies are so again each year i have not to be perfectly honest investigated this year's cinema enough and i have my obligation at the end of the year to watch movies for my voting for the academy so i will um i will take um take time to do that so i don't have one yet that i would recommend recently
0: okay i'm pretty sure the academy will be sending you only the brave so that'll be coming to your your doorstep soon yes um okay now uh is there a guest that you would recommend to come on this show to talk to the first responders of the world
1: um yes um what i'll do for you is i'll give you a list of about five guys that i think will blow your mind with what they went through with the Heroes Health Fund and uh, detoxing and to give you details of their life-threatening illnesses that they had that were completely handled with the program. And I think it would do you and your fellow uh, first responders uh, a great deal to hear uh, someone who actually got their life saved. Absolutely. That would be fantastic. And um, I think the more extreme uh, situations are even the ones that will be better for you to hear, because we all know a healthy guy can get more healthy, but when you have a totally um, artificially uh, affected uh, firefighter or first responder that has been um, exposed to things that he shouldn't have been exposed to, but had to for the line of duty, um, to hear their magnificent results would be much more effective, I think.
0: Yeah. Nothing more powerful than the life story. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, and the very last one before we talk about, um, you know, where else we can find you, what do you do to decompress when you're not acting and not flying?
1: Well, flying is one of the things I do Okay, do or flying. To <laughs> Sorry. And I take courses at my church, and that helps me decompress. And I spend time with my family, and that helps me decompress and travel if I can, uh, as not just for business but for pleasure. Uh, and – Honestly, being in Ocala helps me decompress. I'm always more chilled when I'm here than anywhere else. You
0: know? Yeah, I, yeah. I agree, hundred yeah, percent. Love it I can here. See it. <laughs> people ask, "Why do I?" Because I live, I work in Orlando. Why don't I? I live down there, and it's like, well, it's it's very simple. <laughs> Just come to Ocala, and you'll see.
1: Yeah, and it may take a few months to get it, but once you're here, you always come back.
0: Yeah. Exactly. I
1: found that people that leave to get out, they always find them. So it's coming back to Ocala. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Okay. So we've got the, um, the two websites we talked about already, the uh, heroes health fund and jet Travolta will, will be on there. Are there any other social media or websites that you want to talk about?
1: No, I think we covered, uh, covered them all. Do you know, uh, uh, I think, I think that's, uh, that's
0: good. Fantastic. All yeah. right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I, I, truly appreciate that and i know that people listening will really you know be blown away by by this interview so thank
1: you oh good well my pleasure